What do a comedy club and a fancy-ass hotel both have in common? Well, actually a lot. They're both located in Los Angeles, California. They're both known to be frequented by the Hollywood celebrities and the elite folk. They both have long, rich histories. They were probably both involved with the mob biz at one point, because who wasn't back in the day? And most importantly, here at the Lady Dicks podcast, they both have ghosts. Welcome back to the Lady Dicks Podcast. I am your host, Tay, and you're about to meet my co-hosts, Nikki and Andrea. You're probably here to dick around. Let's be honest, that's why we're here too. But we'll try to keep this shit just a little bit classy while we do. We won't. It won't be classy. There's like zero class coming on around here. <laughs> we just Fine. say that just to, you know, it sounds like a be... catchy slogan. Yeah. It does. It sounds like something we should say to be kinda like it's also like know, super nice, inaccurate. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been described as being classy in my life. Me neither. I mean it's not like people are like, You're unclassy. I'm just also not classy. <laughs> anyway. Nope. I'm with you on that one. I get um you're very reserved. And I'm like, I get no. eccentric or crazy. <laughs> or I also get free spirit or like Ooh, hippie. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Free spirit. Yeah. I like the free spirit, but hippie, I'm like, eh, that could be I don't know if I would describe thing. you as a hippie. No. Definitely no, not. Like, not hippie. When I think of hippies, and no offense to anyone, <laughs> I do think of someone who's not that clean and doesn't so smell great. So, my brother. <laughs> yeah. You picture my brother when you think about hippies. Probably. Actually, my brother would be a good example of a hippie. <laughs> In, like, his low-key <laughs> lifestyle and his yeah. beard. Yeah. So much beard. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, I'm Nikki, in case you didn't recognize <laughs> In case you had no idea. Voice. In case you've never been around these parts before. veered off there for a second. Uh, anyways, we're glad you didn't ghost us. As promised in the top of the show today, we're detecting a collection of Hollywood's most haunted places. And by collection, I mean two. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was going to do more. And then I realized that these stories were really long and I was like, okay, well, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Two is better than one. Well, they're like, we'll call them two medium sized stories. So you get one large episode. (laughs) And the stories uh, have some ghosts. That mm-hmm. supposedly, you know, hang out at those places that we're going to talk about. Yes, this is a very much a ghost <clears throat> episode. Actually, I feel like this month will be quite heavy in ghosts. With the exception of... Um, or paranormal, I should say. <laughs> we didn't get a lot of ghosts in the stalker episode. Oh. I think that might be the only exception, though. Well, from here on out, because we already did that. Although we don't promise that. No, yeah. I don't promise here on out because there is one story that I can think of that might not have ghosts in it if we do it. But we it could change. You never know. It could. Tay might change her mind and say, "I'm actually actually, we're gonna do this." Kind of really liking ghosts right now, and I have like a Hollywood haunted or haunted Hollywood book or something, and I'm like going. She's going through a phase. I am. She goes through phases. I am, (laughs) and I do. And right now she's really feeling the ghosts. I am. And the man in high castle. Just <laughs> never any orbs. <laughs> Literally the only thing that I'm watching is the man in high castle. And the only thing I'm reading is about paranormal ghosts. So. Hi guys. Andrea here. Before we get to the rest of our podcast, we've got to share our standard dick claimer with you. This is a comedy podcast. So if you're one of those people that don't believe crime, comedy, or paranormal stories go together This is 100% not the podcast for you. We also don't recommend this podcast for any minors due to our poor language and gruesome topics. (laughs) If you are itching to get your fine paws on an additional slice of 
slice, like a pizza slice, <laughs> of our tiny piece of podcasting heaven. You'll want to go to Patreon, where you can sign up for three measly, tiny little baby dollars a month, and you get uh, nice ep- extra bonus episodes, blah, blah, blah. Um, we just released the fourth Patreon episode, which we are recording after this. <laughs> <laughs> But whatever, you don't need to know that. Um, but now on, you do. <laughs> well, whatever, I'll probably delete it out. On yeah. Griffith Park, which we talked about the Hollywood sign, so I looked into it, and it's actually really fucking creepy. So we decided to do it. So that's fun. So if you want to hear, oh, and it might have been like it might actually be one of the scariest stories we've ever done. It also might be a hoax, but that's besides the point. Um, It's a story. Anyway, if you want to hear something that's like super terrifying and I would have said I had nightmares had I slept last night, which I did not, um, you're going to want to go there and listen to that. You can also shoot us a one-time donation on PayPal if you're interested. We have an email. It's storiesladydicks.com, and I forget it almost every time. (laughs) Hey, you didn't do so bad this time. That's true. That's because it was written down. (laughs) That's why you put it I in can there. literally see it. That's why. She has too many email addresses. I do. <laughs> if you aren't able to financially support us, you can do us a solid by telling your cool friends or your, <laughs> <laughs> your hip aunt about us. <laughs> hey, I went with it. You just, I, I just changed went her right words through. around a little bit. <laughs> I was doing good until they started laughing at, at me. At this point... <laughs> The words are just words. We yeah. just say whatever we want to. Yeah. Everyone knows this. But if we giggle, it's because we're changing the words around. Yeah. What's written and down. not purposefully. But, but like we don't not, mean to laugh. Yeah. It just happens. I don't know just why. Does. We find it funny. It, we just do. And just uh, does. Kind of sorry, but not really. No. Um, it would also be incredibly helpful if you give us a five-star rating on iTunes while you're listening today to help people more, help people more find us. No. Help more people find us. Yes. Um, and by giving us that iTunes rating, it'll like, you know, bump us up on the charts. That's I'd how it works. I'd actually you take know? that over Patreon subscription, to yeah, be completely honest. we want to reach more people. Because then more people come. the fucking world. Yeah, but we need people to know that we <laughs> exist, so. Yeah. We can only do so much from <laughs> our end. That's where we're asking the rest for is your to help. You. you could also, like, share our stuff on Twitter or Facebook or oh, wherever yeah. you share shit. Twitter is really where I'm most active. Yeah. I find Twitter to be easy because I also find it to be lazy. <laughs> like, I only have 140 characters. Actually, I think it's like 200 and something now. Anyway, there's only so much I can say. Mm-hmm. So she wants you to tweet her so she has can say something else. Than yeah. What she I reply with is. memes and I have to say I'm fucking hilarious. <laughs> She's really good with her memes. <laughs> Just saying. My meme, meme game is like on point. So. <laughs> so if you need, you know, if you're having a down day or something, just tweet us True and story. Tay will make you I smile I will mean the shit least. out of you. <laughs> Maybe laugh, but if not, we'll, In a we'll, good way, we're I okay think. with just a smile. Yeah. I'll take anything at this just point. Just to make I'm you desperate. feel better. I'm desperate. I need friends. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she does, literally. I really do. <laughs> she has us, and that's not saying And much. my Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Some of us are just a little more antisocial than others. I prefer to use the term busy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? We We do have have some cool t-shirts for sale on our Threadless page. We do. And you can find the link to that in our show notes. That is true. Uh, We also have Amazon affiliate links on our recommended page on the website. So even if you don't purchase something we recommend, but you purchase something after you go through the link, we get a teeny tiny little kickback. I and should put like a banner is what I should put on the website. But anyways, yes. If you guys don't like what we currently have for merch and you want to support us, but you just don't like it and you have an idea of something you do like and think other people would like, we oui, we oui. let us know and we will, you know, pretend to something. be graphic designers. Yeah. Well, I can. Make, yeah, you can. <laughs> I'm pretending. I'm yeah. faking it. <clears throat> All right, now let's talk about yeah. Hollywood. The Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, named after former President Teddy Roosevelt, is a 12-story luxury hotel located at 7000 Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's go with that. Well, Somebody it Hollywood. is Hollywood Boulevard is, in Hollywood. I was just, I could have probably wrote that better. But well, yeah, let's, just go with it. let's just roll with it. Let's just roll right on through. The 300-room hotel was originally opened in 1927 and cost $2.5 million to construct, which is somewhere around $34.8 million today. It was financed by Hollywood royalty Douglas Fairbanks and Mary Pickford. Who there are also ghost stories about, which I didn't get into. So sorry, Okay, guys. well, maybe that's for an episode they down the road. They don't haunt the Hollywood Roosevelt, as far as I know. It opened on May 15th, 1927, and has seen famous guests the likes of Clark Gable, Charlie Chaplin, Marilyn Monroe, and Carol Lombard. During the early years of her modeling career, Marilyn Monroe was a guest at the hotel for two years. Which is weird because it sounds like a super expensive hotel. Yeah, but she probably wasn't paying for it. But also it was like the beginning of her modeling career. I guess it could be. That's what I'm saying. Like Like somebody else could have been financing her stay there, right? Yeah. Um. Her first magazine photo shoot actually took place poolside at the hotel. Like Marilyn, star Montgomery Clift was a longer-term guest, staying in room 928 while he shot from here to eternity. For three months. I think I must have deleted that. But he was there for about three months. Not too shabby. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like... Hollywood people living in hotels is a thing. They also do all that of these all the people, time. Well, not all of them, but a lot of these people have rooms named after them now or like styles. Of in rooms. fact, didn't Lindsay Lohan, she stayed at the Roosevelt too and got kicked out, I think. Did she? I did not <laughs> know that, but yeah, I Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. Quite, I'm quite sure she did. That would not surprise me. Yeah. The Hollywood Roosevelt also played host to the first ever Academy Awards, a.k.a. the Oscars. On May 16th, 1929, exactly two years after the hotel first opened its doors. Unlike today's thousand hour ceremonies, the first was only 15 <laughs> minutes long and took place in the Blossom Ballroom. And I guess they weren't cutting anybody off with their speeches yeah. either. <laughs> no, they just they just did whatever they wanted to do. I got a little sassy when I was writing this. What? <laughs> what? You sassy? What? That never happened. No. The Blossom Ballroom has also played host over the years to some fancy Hollywood parties, including the premiere party for the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot. Which has the funny... Do you guys watch Honest Trailers? Honest Trailers? No. Okay. Well, there's... It's on Facebook. You can find it if you want to. But there's this hilarious trailer of, like, the Ghostbusters. Basically, they just take the movie and, like make a trailer as if the movie was honest and it's so fucking funny and i watched it this weekend and i couldn't stop i watched it three times i couldn't stop laughing we've never even seen the movie (laughs) it's actually pretty funny the reboot yeah it's got melissa mccarthy and kate mckinnon yeah it looks stupid that's why i never went and saw it well i thought it was funny i do like both of those people it was funny though because one of the trailer referenced like the how everyone's the comic relief and I was like that's a hundred percent true. Every one of those is a comedian. You can't have everyone as a comedian in the movie, or else there's no story. Anyway, whatever. I think there was a third one and I can't remember who it there's was. Four of them. There you there's go. Leslie, was it Leslie Jones? Wasn't it? No. Oh. Okay, maybe. I don't recall who was in it. Well, we'll look it up in a minute. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So it also was uh, the host of the season finale parties for Game of Thrones and American Idol. The host hasn't always been the most. The the hotel. hotel. (laughs) Yes, I see that. It could be a host, though, theoretically. I had that word in my brain. Yeah. Hasn't always been the most glitzy and glamorous. In 1984, it wasn't in great condition and had $12 million in renos done. Apparently, there might have also been $40 million worth of renos also done in 1985. I'm not sure if they're referring to the same renos with just two different numbers or if it was two different renos. Well, that's a lot of renos and a lot of money. Apparently, it was like super shabby. In 1988, a British painter named David Hockney painted a multi-million dollar mural on the bottom of the pool, which is now known as one of the greatest artistic and architectural marvels in L.A., it was also quite a rigmarole to get done and required the lifting of a local law that stated that the bottom of pools couldn't be painted on. Which sounds like a super specific law. Also really sounds does. like something that if we were doing dumb laws, we'd need to look yeah. into. 
Oh fuck, that's what I should have done this episode. Whatever. We'll give you some we'll give you some California Dumb Laws later this season. I promise. <laughs> but in nineteen ninety one it was nearing demolition before being declared a Los Angeles historic cultural monument. Nice work, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's save it. Okay. <laughs> The Hollywood Roosevelt is home to some pretty swanky rooms that the likes of the Lady Dicks 100% cannot afford. No, Not at this don't. stage in our lives anyway. Like, I don't know if there will ever be a time where I can justify the prices. Definitely not. I Even if I was rolling in it. Well, if I was rolling in it, I would have no problem paying. But If I was ro- rolling in it, I would just want it to own it because i'm that kind of person Even also if I was rolling in it i wouldn't want to i don't know i think i'd still think it's a waste of money when i can get a better but the yeah, more but your let's go with frugal <laughs> <laughs> the word That's is a cheap nice way of saying that i take I think, after my father I, I think you're cheap andrea's lavish and i'm probably in the middle <laughs> yes Hey, we've got. It really good, depends uh, on like my. We're a very wind. diverse trio here. We even it's each true. other out very well. It's very true. We sometimes have to bring Andrea down a level. <laughs> Tay's usually in the middle, right? And I'm then like, whatever. They have to convince me. Oh, you know what? It's only an extra ten dollars. Stop. I think you guys <laughs> brought me down a few levels. Yeah, well, with that we hotel all in went Idaho. Down. <laughs> <laughs> Motel, I mean. Well, that was not. Clean. It looked better. It was than not clean as expected. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it was as expected. <laughs> I was expecting something different. Anyway, were you expecting something different, or were you hoping? No, I was expecting okay. something different. I was. Ex- I have never stayed in a place like that. That's not like it was like super grudgy. Yeah, yeah. and like although the, I've stayed in worse, the beds. I do believe that were uncomfortable. Like the pillow. Like I just felt like the nothing was clean there. I felt like nothing was clean. Was like the least of the problems. Um, the lack of cleanliness was a problem. Yeah, the lack of garbage taking out and other because we knew that they were in our rooms. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they saw like the garbage piled up and just walked past it. Anyway, weird. Anyway, yeah. Hashtag not recommended. <laughs> anyway, we thought we would tell you about these rooms, even though we can't afford them at the uh, Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel. Anyway, yes. the cheapest rooms you can find tend to be around the $300 mark. You can rent the Marilyn Monroe suite for a cool $920 per night. <laughs> it features a loft-like open floor plan, large balcony overlooking the Tropicana bar and pool, a kitchenette with wet bar, dining room, king-size bed, and a fully stocked mini bar which probably costs a fortune to use. It's a true story. And for those Canadian listeners, this is in U.S. dollars. Yeah. So <laughs> you're forking out a lot of money. Yeah, you're so forking out a lot of that. loonies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're so cute as Canadians. But if you've got money to burn, you can upgrade to the 3,200 square foot Gable and Lombard penthouse, which is where Clark Gable and Carol Lombard carried on an affair in 1930. And while the pair were eventually married... Gable at the time was married to Rhea Langham, which will gracefully point out was not Carol Lombard with a wig. <laughs> like I said, sassy. Also, if you are carrying on an affair and you need a lavish hotel room, this seems like the one for you. <laughs> and, you know, like find a good sugar daddy who can afford it. It's a true story. The three-level suite features a 1,500-square-foot rooftop patio and has a 360-degree view of L.A. Two master suites, though you can book a third if you need one. You know, just in case. (laughs) Uh, Three full-size bathrooms, a dining and living room, large bar, and robes. (laughs) Well, I would hope that they're going to throw in robes for the price. (laughs) I just like that it was listed on the... This baby... (laughs) Goes for five thousand five hundred and twenty per night. Yeah. So that room costs Start more than my car. Pinching your pennies. <laughs> Pinch your pennies and then spend them on something else. Yeah. All right. We know not one of you gives a shit about the hotel itself. <laughs> you would like to hear about the ghost, so let's let's get into it. So. <clears throat> Marilyn Monroe is probably the most famous of the dead and ghostly guests. 
uh, though not the only famous one. She's said to haunt her old room, room 1200. Guests often report seeing Marilyn in the mirror, both in the room and in various mirrors around the hotel. One of the mirrors that was formerly in her old room and at one point was positioned outside of the management office. Um, that was a super <laughs> awkward sentence. Good job. Was being cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> was being dusted by an employee. And she reported seeing the, quote, reflection of a sad blonde woman. But when she turned around to talk to her, there was no one there. And then when she turned back around to the mirror, this is so confusing. I apologize, guys. She turned back around to the mirror. She could see that the woman was, in fact, still there. Marilyn can also be seen in the mirror in the foyer, which I think is a different mirror from this. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. I don't fucking know. The actor, Montgomery Clift, whose name I really like for some reason. I think it's like a very posh, fancy. He sounds British actually well and it may not i'm I'm not sure but it may not have been his given name at i'm sure it was 100 not his given name (laughs) um so mr clift hangs out in and around his old room suite 928 he's seen either in the room outside or outside of the room pacing in the hallway on the ninth floor or playing trumpet in the hallway because that's what you do as a ghost. He was from Omaha, Nebraska. So not British. <laughs> <laughs> and his given name was Edward Montgomery Clift. So actually. Oh, the first actually name. name. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of disappointed he doesn't have a British accent. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well, he's fine. A handsome young guy. Wait, how young? <laughs> Are no, you showing the picture? dead now. Well, I know that. But. <laughs> Oh, he is handsome. Look at he's that. Actually not bad. And he actually he died very young at the age of 45. Well, he would have been too young for me then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Except that he died like 30 years before you were born. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Fuck that. <laughs> no one needs to know that shit. God, where were I was talking about the hot dude who died young. Um. <laughs> Have some respect for the <laughs> dead. I am respecting the dead. I call them hot. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, anyway. So he plays trumpet in the hallway. And on occasion, though he can't be seen, people describe feeling his presence. And maids have reported feeling, quote, something cold, brush them, or a presence washing, wash. <laughs> <laughs> Watching, watching, watching. He is not a pervert. He is a normal, nice ghost who is watching them (laughs) or walking behind them, which is a little creepy. I'll give you that. But, you know, whatever. He's a ghost. Common ghost behavior. (laughs) It's a normal thing. There is no washing. There is no bathtub involved. There is no water. There might be a trumpet occasionally. Anyway, there is also the ghost of Caroline. Caroline is a five-year-old girl who can be found some uh, early mornings wandering the lobby. Caroline wears jeans and a pink t-shirt with her hair in a ponytail and can often be heard singing and be seen skipping in the lobby. In 1992... (laughs) I don't know why that's... Anyway. Psychic... Peter James found her in the Academy room, which is the blossom ballroom where they held the Academy awards. He said that she said she was looking for her mom and shared that her name was Caroline. That's how they know her name. He later encountered Caroline upstairs in the penthouse library, which is fucking huge penthouse. (laughs) It has a bloody library in it. Yeah, no kidding. uh, Where she shared with him that she was worried that her mom was hurt. No word on whether she ended up finding her mother or not. Two entities have been seen or heard or both in the Blossom Ballroom. The first is a man dressed in a tuxedo. While he's not always seen, there is a 30-inch, this is very specific, diameter cold spot that is apparently 10 degrees colder than the rest of the room. He was apparently an attendee at the first Academy Awards where he was nominated for a role. I said role. It's an award. (laughs) I'm assuming because he had a role. (laughs) Um, 
and no word on whether he won, but I'm sure he didn't because we'd probably know who he was. So someone please give this guy an Oscar so he can move on. He obviously wants it. He's waiting. I feel like we could give ghosts an Oscar. We could give him an honor. We could just call him. People get Oscars posthumously. Exactly. We will just give him the Oscar for best ghost performance. Very good. Very good. (laughs) Cute. The second entity in the Blossom Ballroom is seen playing the piano. He's a man wearing a white suit who disappears when he realizes he's been spotted by the living. So he's clearly a little shy. And on one occasion, security guards saw what appeared to be people or be people (laughs) (laughs) things, peeps hanging out by the pool, swimming and presumably after the pool had closed because they weren't supposed to be there and they were alarmed. And um, and one of them went to go check it out, but he didn't see anything. He reported back. He was standing at the pool. He reported back on his radio that he was well and waved his hand at the camera. The security guard on the other end of the camera told him that he was waving his hand through an apparition's head, which is really fucking creepy. I probably would have lost it. Yep. I also have an element of slapstick life in me. So I probably would have fallen in the pool right after that. (laughs) Would have been great. Um, And then a few other strange occurrences have been reported. Uh, Guests getting locked out of rooms when the doors mysteriously locks from the inside after they left. A maid was once pushed into a closet by an unseen presence. Super not a nice thing to do, ghosty. (laughs) Um, Any attempt to film in known haunted places in the hotel has been thrown thwarted by unexplained electricity failures the switchboard often gets calls from unoccupied rooms and likewise the phones in the empty rooms are often left off of their receivers and finally voices are often heard coming from the empty rooms as well as children are often heard playing in the halls i have to say though the maid being pushed into a closet by an unseen presence <clears throat> could have just been like her maid buddy pushing her from behind and she and just then didn't saying, see Ooh. yeah she just didn't see her could have been anyone i doubt that was a ghost it, i don't know man some ghosts doubt are not it. very some nice some of them are angry some of them are nasty motherfuckers that's true but so i mean i guess it could have been to her friend that though. one for me i would 100 percent play a prank on someone like that but i'm also really mean yes so all right so we also found a story on hauntedhouses.com about the ghost of montgomery clift it's like a quote so we're just gonna read it out while her husband slept in the bed a wife lay in bed reading someone gently patted her shoulder thinking it was her husband she turned to say good night but was startled to see him still asleep psychic peter james who's made his second appearance for the night day whenever you're listening to this decided to spend the night in montgomery's old room as he stood in the hallway outside the door he felt a lot of angry vibes coming from the room he went to sleep in the bed around 2 a.m he woke up and felt like an unseen presence was lying on top of him so he couldn't move he managed to take a deep breath and move his arms back lifting the weight off of him he was finally able to go back to sleep i'm not gonna read out the commentary (laughs) Apparently he didn't bolt the door. So that's fun to know. And, um, he woke up a few hours later and saw the shadowy apparition of Cliff Montgomery sitting in a chair in the corner of the room, just sitting there watching Peter for about 30 minutes. Then this entity walked toward the bathroom and disappeared. I take that back. He might be a creeper. Also, it's mm-hmm. Montgomery Cliff. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Good catch. I didn't even see that. Did you not know this was his brother, Peter Montgomery? You said Cliff Wait. Montgomery. Yep. You said it backwards. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it is his um, alter ego. Like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> or Cliff or Kenton Superman. Exactly. Cliff Montgomery is like the creep. He's like the guy who washes women. (laughs) I like how you're saying that and laughing. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. We just made up another character. We need to... Someone needs to keep a running list of all of the people we've made up. (laughs) Yeah. Because there are a lot of them. Yes. I couldn't tell you any of them because... No, but there was one... The last episode that I was listening to and it was really funny... And it was you. You made it up. I can't remember what it was. 
<laughs> I don't even remember. But I couldn't even. I like. I was like. <laughs> Yes, oh, we pro- Spielberg's brother. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made up a brother, <laughs> Steven Spielberg. I think his uh, name his name might have been Robert Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking that was so funny. Anyway, go back to the episode uh, and listen to it. It yeah. was the Culver Culver Studios. Oh, okay. That's what episode it was. Yeah, we like to we like to make people laugh. Apparently, <laughs> um, not just Tay. We just can't read. And is the problem? Yeah, and uh, yeah, we think we're funnier than we probably are, but that's cool too. Story. We're having a good if time. If you're still listening by now, you obviously think we're funny, or you're just in it for the story and you're thinking, "Shut the fuck yeah, up!" Yeah, or you're like, "Fucking talk about the story." Anyway, yeah. let's talk about visiting. Yes, you too can if spend. You can afford it. Yes. <laughs> Um, you can spend a night at the Hollywood Roosevelt pending you have the cash to fork over. We do not. Like no. we went over earlier. You'll be happy to know that it has a 4.5 out of 5 rating on TripAdvisor. Although for the prices like that, I would expect a 5. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but before you hurry and book that penthouse, because, you know, you all have yeah, the money for everyone it. Everyone is going out to book the penthouse. <laughs> everyone is currently <laughs> online googling how to book the penthouse at the hollywood roosevelt hotel yeah right now we have a few reviews you might want to uh you know <laughs> listen to yes. check out that kind of stuff so we have tay s who apparently is a rich tay unlike ours 100% said true. the worst hotel we have ever stayed at or stayed fuck yeah we <laughs> could put ad in there it makes yeah. sense yeah from the rudest, most pathetic front office staff <laughs> to the worst rooms we've ever been in. I'm assuming that's supposed to say. Maybe. Um, we were told the... Po- oh, we were told the party that was outside our door would finish at 10 p.m. Well, 5.30 a.m. <laughs> it was still going. So there's just some grammar things yeah, going on. Yeah, it's not beautiful. Um, the TV was at full blast and still couldn't hear it. The bathroom had mold all throughout the shower. That's disgusting. That's so gross. <laughs> <We> re- <laughs> you guys are like gross. I'm like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well. We requested to move and was basically told the hotel was at full occupancy except one room and we weren't going to waste the lost re- or and they weren't going to ta- waste the lost revenue on us. Sorry. There's again, grammar. We had no sleep. A room that was disgusting and treated horrible. We left that morning and will never return. Biggest waste of money. We checked into Beverly Hills Hotel and wow. I assume it's a good wow. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. Could be, you know, it's up in the air. Yeah. Prey C said, I've just checked in. First, we got the wrong room, went down, asked for the correct room. The receptionist was rude with horrible attitude and not to mention, he accused me of making the wrong booking without even looking at the reservation I have on my phone. Sorry, that was bad of me. <laughs> <laughs> if it's the hotel's system mistake, just get us the correct room without attitude. Out of all my travels, this is the hotel I do not and will not recommend. My mistake, a true waste of its history and architecture. Well, at least it still clearly looks nice, apparently, according to that person. Yeah. And finally, Mark H. said, Staying at the Roosevelt was a dream for us. We drove six hours, looking forward to a drink and swim on our arrival. We checked in at around 3 p.m., and the room wasn't what we ordered. We ordered a two-room suite, but got two queen beds in the same room. Never mind, the pool awaits. Having changed and found the pool, we're told it's closed for a private event. We could walk a a mile to a sister property, a mile up Hollywood Boulevard in swim gear, and use their pool or do without. We weren't even allowed to look at the photograph, the historical pool. Turns out the private event was a rap concert. <laughs> Which would have been my fucking nightmare. That started at midnight. Don't know why they shut the pool at 3 p.m. However, we do know what now what? 
now we know. do now know why they insisted on pre-charging our credit card did i mention the concert started at midnight guess who didn't get much sleep <laughs> that really sucks it you does think that they would like advertise and say by the way no they wouldn't they would lose revenue that's true this is a terrible business move <laughs> but they i think they do have to kind of like if they said this has disrupted our stay. We didn't get any sleep. They have to refund them then. Oh, I don't know that they do. It's up to the owner. Yeah, it's Management. 100% up to the owner. I mean, a good one would compensate them. But it in has some to do way. with their company policies and how badly they need the business. Somewhere like the Hollywood Roosevelt probably doesn't need the average person's business, they probably make more money off of that party than they do anything else. Exactly. So they will take the party and, and then mm. rip other people off. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like not saying yes or no. For just an advice. Well, to you guys I am <laughs> before booking the Roosevelt, just do a little research and see if they're having a concert that night. Well, it depends on how early you book though. Cause they might not even know. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, it doesn't hurt to search. True story. Expedia people, Expedia. <laughs> yeah. Our second and last place for today is the Comedy Store. The Comedy Store is a showcase comedy nightclub located in the Sunset Strip area of Los Angeles in West Hollywood. It is located in a building formerly known as Ciro's? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which was owned by underworld boss Mickey Cohen. From 1870 to 1984, the Sunset Strip area in Los Angeles was not technically in Los Angeles, meaning that it was not under the city jurisdiction of L.A. when it came to police. This naturally drew people to the area who were interested in the legal shows and the not-so-legal, quote, sensual entertainment games of chance, and, of course, alcohol during the prohibition. Those are two different things, just to clarify. The sensual entertainment, then the games of chance. And alcohol. Okay. <laughs> Although they might have had them combined. It looked like it was sensual entertainment. No, games I of chance. only it's only in quotes because I pulled that directly from somewhere. Okay. That's why. I see. So not oui, allowed. Oui. I know. That's why it's quoted. <laughs> the building was built in the late 30s by William Wilkerson, who built it to be a ritzy nightclub. And for the next 20 years, it would be a hot Hollywood star hangout. It is suspected and pretty much known that the mafia was involved in the place, considering Mickey Cohen owned the building. It is surmised that Wilkinson, Wilkerson had a deal with Cohen, who ran Cyril's brothel next door. I think they were like in the same building, but just next door. I'm a little confused about how it's set up, but also I didn't care enough to do the more. So research, it was like so. a brothel casino. Well, no, like hybrid. it was like a big like Ciro's is like a building. Yeah, and he had. Like Wilkerson had his like nightclub and then um, Cohen had his brothel like next door. Okay. Because it, I, like I said, I'm not entirely sure how it's set up except for that. I know like the rooms that we're going to talk about, like the mob hangout and stuff, they were in the same building as the now comedy club, which is the former um, fancy nightclub. That Wilkerson built. Right. It's confusing. It is confusing. It's a building. If you Google it, you can see a picture it's of a it and you can go there. Building where they ran illegal activities. They did bad shit there. Yeah. Because they were the fucking mob. And the yeah. mob always does bad shit. That's their business. I'm sure they also do good shit. I'm sure they do too. <laughs> just like other. I'm just clarifying in case some mobster happens <laughs> upon this episode and he's like, ah. Fuck you, lady. No, we have the most utmost respect. The most utmost respect. I actually for think the, mafia. the mob <laughs> is terrible. Don't get me wrong. They kill people because someone's going to take a quote from this. And then I'm not only going to be Nazi loving, but I'm going to be mob loving. I think the mob is like super classy, though. <laughs> in like the worst way. Cohen also had an office in the building along with a place in the basement to, quote, take care of business. <laughs> If you know what we mean. If you don't, <laughs> we mean they invited customers who couldn't pay their gambling debts, tried to romance the wrong showgirls, or otherwise did something uncool to, quote, party with them for the evening. 
<laughs> this mob hangout slash disciplinary room was also a makeshift abortion clinic. Lovely. Wow. So you can imagine how well that went. I do appreciate the business expansion aspect, though. <laughs> <laughs> Their por- portfolio was killer. <laughs> From the 60s to the 70s, the club tr- tried for rock music. And in the mid-1970s, Sammy and Mitzi Shore and Rudy DeLuca rented out a space in the building and started a comedy club. The first two years of the club made no profit, but when Sammy moved to Las Vegas for a job... Mitzi took over the club. She revamped it, and the cash started to roll in. But their marriage was not rolling quite so well anymore. Off the success, Mitzi opened a second club near UCLA, which became popular with the college kids and Hollywood agents who would frequent the club to scope for new talent. Eventually, Mitzi purchased the entire the entirety of Ciro's building and expanded the club to have two stages. The stage where the women comics would perform was called the Belly Room. Which I think it's dumb yeah it's not really all that catchy but why well, was more thinking was that there's even a separate room i don't know maybe it was a nice thing i don't know who knows i don't know what do we know really nothing yeah literally nothing <laughs> it just sounds weird that's all it does sound really weird yeah at some point in time the comics were tired of being paid in exposure probably because their rent was coming up and they didn't have the extra cash to pay for their box of mac and cheese that week. And this a comic a strike <laughs> of sorts came about. So to end it, Mitzi started to pay her comics legit dollars. Steve Lubetkin, who worked at the club at the time, played a pretty significant role in the strike. And once it was over, Mitzi told him he wasn't welcome back at the club to work or perform. In retaliation, Steve jumped from the 14th floor of the Continental Hotel that was next to the comedy store to his death. He was aiming for the roof of the club, but ended up in the driveway, leaving a suicide note behind. Which I think if he was being vengeful, it's more ideal to end up in the driveway than the roof. True. Because that's going to be way messier. Yeah. The note said, my name is Steve Lubatkin. I used to work at the comedy store before going on and blaming his death on Mitzi because she wouldn't let him perform at the club. Over the years, the club has seen some spectacular and very notable performers, including Robin Williams, John Belushi, Michael Keaton, Jim Carrey, and Chris Rock. And I didn't know that Michael Keaton was funny. Me neither. (laughs) I mean, that sounds bad to say. Sorry, Michael Keaton, a, if you're listening. You're not, but... Maybe he tried to start out as a comic Well, and maybe he, he was acting? originally a comic. Well, I, really I think know. he... I think he did kind of start out more as a comic. I'm not sure. I mean, humor is subjective. He could have been the worst comic ever to me. Well, Michael Keaton, though, is... He's not just... I mean, I know that mostly... I think people associate him with kind of more dramatic roles. Yeah. But he has done a wide variety of... I'm sure he has. Work. I oh, mostly I a lot of it. associated Well, that's with because drama. he basically, by the time you were born, was probably not really a notable actor anymore. Michael Keaton played Batman, right? Yeah. That's where I know him from. Yeah. yeah. I fucking he love was, Batman. He was the Jack first. Frost. Never seen yeah. it. Oh. He was the first Batman, though, like of the new Batman yeah, movies yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that came out in 1989. Which is my absolute favorite which and is I the only reason why i even really know i think he was Michael in the is. first two yeah i think yes. batman movies two. yeah well they switch them out every few years just like james bond yeah you know except for james bond i feel like it's more successful than batman but maybe not yeah well the last batman movie didn't do too well did it ben affleck yeah well <laughs> some people can't play batman <laughs> Actually, you know what the funny thing is? He didn't even play that bad of a Batman. No, it's more so like has to do with the script and the film overall. Yeah, I the storyline. The problem with Batman is they're replaying the same storyline. They're not updating it. They're just putting in more graphics, which is stupid. I want a real story for my Batman. He needs to have a, I don't know, something to do. <laughs> Besides exploding cars and stuff. All right. Apparently I gave myself ghosts for this one again, too. Um, because she's loves loving the ghosts this month. I am know? super loving the ghosts this month. Mm-hmm. I was when I was writing this when I was also writing Griffith Park, which is the 
<clears throat> Patreon pro or Patreon <laughs> bonus episode for next month. <laughs> anyway, or this month. I think this is released in February. Anyway, I was fucking you writing fucking? it. <laughs> <laughs> I was not fucking. I'm sure we all know that that was not happening. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, you Although, said it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I was that, like, that <laughs> sentence end i was gonna say talented to do this <laughs> but i didn't mean it like that i meant like I'm you're not that good of a multitasker <laughs> no i was i was referring to the fact that i am a good multitasker and was it the dating podcast where i was talking about doing my grocery list while having sex anything my point probably is, you were doing it in your head me. yes <laughs> My point. That's obviously <laughs> not very good sex then. No. No, it was not. Um, so I was not having sex. What I was doing was getting really freaked out because it was a terrifying story. And I was like, it was really late. I write it always at night. There's like no sound in the house. And I'm like, holy shit, I think someone's going to come kill me. Anyway. <laughs> Loving the ghosts. All right. The ghost of the comedy story. It was around the early 1980s when both performers and staff started to notice and report strange occurrences from entities to straight up ghosts. Sam Kingston, a preacher turned comedian who was a favorite at the comedy club, w- was apparently not good in the eyes of some of the ghost audience. I was going to say, isn't he also a singer? But that's Sean Kingston. So yeah, never mind. That's, uh, <laughs> different guy. Yeah. <laughs> Same last name. He might have also started there. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either, but you never know. Wait, is it Sean Kingston? Yeah, Sean Kingston is the one that... Oh, right. Had a short-lived career in like... Around like probably 2008, 2009. He's like a rapper, poppy singer, right? Yeah, I wouldn't really classify him as rap, although he probably is classified as rap. Hip-hop, maybe? Somebody called 911. Oh, yeah. Oh. I know Sean Kingston. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think that came up on my iPod the other day. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> no. The fire one? Yeah. <laughs> That's not Sean Kingston. Yeah, it is. I'm sure it is. Whatever. Anyway, I thought it was like, fuck if I know any rapper names. Let's be honest. All right. All right. All right. Not Sean Kingston. Sam Kingston, who is a comedian and not a rapper (laughs) slash hip hop artist slash one hit wonder. Uh, He wasn't liked by the ghost audience. Sorry. I was looking for that song. (laughs) Um, During his performance, lights would flicker and the sound would go out. And on one occasion, he took the stage and a quote swarm of angry voices unquote began to fill the room saying it's him it's him sam tried to get through his routine but everyone in the room could hear the voices and no one could find the cause of the noise so he demanded that the voices show themselves and the theater went dark which would be fucking terrifying Uh, yeah they had been successful in getting him off the stage so he had to leave there was no light that seems like a dangerous place to be when there's no light In 1992, Sam and his wife were driving from California to Nevada, followed by his brother and his best friend in the car behind, when they were hit by a drunk driver. Sam's wife was knocked unconscious, but he remained alert. His brother recalled him having a conversation with someone he couldn't see. Sam was pleading for his life, saying that he didn't want to die, and his last words were, okay, okay, and he closed his eyes and passed away. He was 38 years old. Not actually sure what those two stories have to do together except for that I think people thought that he was maybe haunted by ghosts from the club throughout his life okay and they kind of tied it to him being a pastor so we'll call him more spiritual Mm -hmm. and maybe a um I want to like use the term exacerbate, but like makes the ghosts angrier because he's a preacher. I don't know. Or was preacher turned comedian. All right. Comedian Blake Clark, who I don't know, but was a comedian. All right. Comedian Blake Clark worked at the comedy club as both a comedian and a security guard and was responsible for checking on any quote, strange noises, noises. 
even if they occurred in the basement. One night, Blake and a fellow comedian went to the former discipline room slash abortion clinic slash mob <laughs> hangout, a.k.a. the basement, to check on a disturbance and found themselves face to face with a, quote, black form that was at least seven feet tall. He was floating across the room. After piecing it upstairs and out of the building, the newly formed Hardy Boys gang decided to reinvestigate. As they descended the stairs... The second time, cute, creepy-ass horror music right here. I wonder if I have any. Anyway, <laughs> they found said creature crouched in the corner of the room. Sensing them, the creature, quote, rose slowly before beelining it across the room towards them. Naturally, they booked it out of there again and later said the creature had a, quote, dark void, unquote, where the face should have been which is really fucking creepy. Kind of like your dog in photographs. It's a hundred percent like my dog in <laughs> photographs. So where he has a face and it looks really angry again in his role as security guard extraordinaire, Blake went down one morning at 3 AM to investigate noises alone in the basement. He could hear a guttural growl from somewhere in the room before hearing something strike the basement door. Blake described seeing something push the door hard enough that it was bending the wood. He pieced it. Then, finally, on his very last trip, which I can't believe he took this many trips into the basement, Blake watched a, quote, black piece of paper materialize. It touched his hand before floating to the floor, gracefully assumed, because that's what I picture when papers (laughs) float to the floor. You know that, like, nice slow swaying down. except yeah. for when they just fall yeah yeah whatever this is more elegant than that <laughs> is the elegant way he picked it up and found his name etched onto it and never went back into the basement again the ghost hecklers and mysterious entity aren't the only ghosts to hang around the comedy store a few others have been talked about throughout the years, including a woman who has never been seen, but whispers to everyone she encounters. She is thought to be the spirit of one of the botched abortions because occasionally her screams can be heard from the basement, which is terrifying. A ghost suspected of being Steve Lubetkin. Is that what we're calling uh, Lubetkin, I think. Lubetkin. That sounds <laughs> more appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently hangs around. He is said to be a bit of a prankster, albeit a friendly one, and is often spotted watching the comedians. There is also a ghost described as a man dressed in a World War II or World War II. <laughs> if you're me bomber jacket this entity was spotted by blake when he tried to engage him in a conversation he vanished vanished (laughs) ah okay the same day bomber jacket was spotted again crouching in a corner looking terrified by a woman but then he vanished again Several male ghosts take the security shift, inspecting the crowd and keeping an eye on the stage. They are said to be dressed in 40s clothing and disappear when they're satisfied the place is okay. And finally, occasionally rowdy ghosts are encountered. On one particular occasion, a ghost was said to push a chair across a room when one of the security guards demanded the human security guards, just to clarify, (laughs) this wasn't a ghost on ghost fight. (laughs) Although I would totally be cool with that. When one of the security guards demanded that the ghost reveal himself, the ghost retaliated by throwing an ashtray at him, narrowly missing his face. What a lovely. Yeah. So that one was super pleasant. So nice. So nice. Oh, and I also get the visiting again. Oh, fuck. So I was trying fun. to make that. Sorry. No, it's okay. I don't care. That was not on purpose. That's I okay. I rearranged the script like four times and I was trying to figure out whatever. <laughs> it was too late. You were too tired. It's all good. <sighs> So the comedy store still stands today and is located at 8433 Sunset Boulevard. You can go there daily after 7 p.m. to be specific to see comics perform. It has it has has a four out of five rating on TripAdvisor. But before you go, we've got a few people who want to share their experiences. Well, technically, we don't know if they want to share them since we took them off of TripAdvisor, but... We're going to go with it. I yeah, think the cool fact that they posted it on TripAdvisor means they want to share it. I agree. It is public. I agree. They wanted us to know it. <laughs> All right. First up. <laughs> Slavmantum said, visited last night with my wife and black friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, 
did not see that in there when I first did that. I just wanted to. I so honestly apparently didn't he has see to that. specify. Anyways, we'll keep. <clears throat> and was appalled. There's about 20 different so-called comedians doing small sketches. And every single one of them were saying the N-word over and over. Okay, I get why. But he oh, could have said African-American, not He could have friend. used a nicer also, yeah. um, here's the thing. If the comedians are African-American, they can use that word as freely as they wish. If they're mm-hmm. anything else, then they can't, so... I don't know if he specifies. No, he doesn't. He specified that his friend was black. Well, that's nice. And that's yeah. it. Um, there's only so many versions of the same subject. Black people and you white people. N-word, N-word, N-word. We complained, but were, re- were ejected? <laughs> like they oh. got rid of them. Um, the America- guests, not the comedians. Yeah. America, get over it. Why do you let these idiots fan the flames of racism and racism in reverse? I also would like to point out that racism cannot be reversed. There is no such thing. (laughs) This is my academic background speaking. There is no such thing as reverse racism. Just want to get that out there. It's just plain old racism. Just racism. Yeah. (laughs) Just going to say that. My wife was having a conversation with one of the comedians about it. And he said to her, how would you know you're privileged white folk? What the fuck? Or WTF. Sorry. I just said it out loud. Anyways, pathetic place full of backward thinking idiots. Avoid at all costs. So if you're that kind of person, you won't want to go. Yeah. Because you won't enjoy it. I will also point out that I believe this guy was from the UK. Not that I'm saying anything about people from the UK, except for comedy is different in both places. Mm. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. All right. Beach bums. Five one two said the only good thing was that the comedians were funny for the most part. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and you're going to a comedy club. That is what you were looking for. On the other hand, I wouldn't ever go back. The entire staff was horribly rude, especially the door guy. We went about three hours before the show to buy tickets at the box office, but they said they didn't sell them. We'd Ooh. have to come back. Sorry. Grammar things. Uh, when the doors open. Uh, what he should have said was buy your tickets online, which we easily would have done. But since you were walking by, we were walking by, we figured we'd just pick them up. Note, buy your <laughs> tickets online. Helpful tip number one. Yeah. They have one long line that you wait in and then you get to the door. And if you didn't buy tickets, you're basically screwed and waited 45 minutes for nothing. Uh, They treat you like an idiot for not having bought tickets online. So we stepped aside and were told we might be able to buy tickets after everyone else went in. The door guy says, sorry about your luck. No seats. Yet someone else came out, counted 10 of us and squeezed us in to, sorry, squeezed us into other parties tables. It's completely packed in there. Wall to wall. Last, don't go in the women's bathrooms. (laughs) Seriously, hold it. The most disgusting bathroom I've ever been in, which doesn't surprise me with all of the employees' crap attitudes. There was puke in the sink, and that's not even the worst of it. Yuck. Our waitress made, uh, sorry, our waitress was a mess as well. Kept spilling drinks on people and was barely around. We ended up getting a bottled water right before we left just to meet our two-drink minimum because that was about the only time we ever saw her. Find a different comedy show to visit. I would also like to put out a quick public service announcement that if you're going to write a bad review that you want us to read on the show, it's super helpful if it's grammatically correct. <laughs> we Just struggle sometimes. Because we're going to read out the non-grammatically correct stuff. Or correct it if, you know. If we think that fast, which we don't. Yeah. We <laughs> or we n- stumble and just pause, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. But before we go, we wanted to play two quick promos for some podcasts that you should probably check out. So here they are. 
Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Rhonda. And we're two wine-loving, psych-nerd, long-distance friends who host the podcast Wine Mind, where each episode we break down a psychology topic while getting buzzed on a bottle of wine. And sometimes we make up words. Have you ever poured back a few glasses of wine and found yourself wondering, why is wine so awesome? Why is it so hard to make friends in adulthood? What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? If so, then Wine Mind is the podcast for you. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And check out our website at winemindpodcast.com. You can also find us on the social medias as at winemindpodcast. So uncork a bottle and join us. Cheers! Hey! Welcome to ShambleFest! I'm Jess. I'm Amber. And we are your one-stop weekly shop for news shambles. We're a weekly WTF and current events comedy podcast. We drop episodes every Monday morning. Tune in. Shamble on! Yeah. So we got for you today. That's all. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for hanging out. Sorry, we just kind of abruptly ended there, but you know, it's that's the way it is. Because as soon as the story ends, I know no one listens. Everyone's like, click. All right and done. And moving on to the next one. Yes. Oh my god, I apparently have to eat. Oh my god. Anyway. What what's what we um what we'll see you next time. Um in the meantime. In the meantime, try not to ghost anyone. Why do I always forget? (laughs) It's not even that hard.